Ephesians. God's good, amen? If you have your Bibles, open up to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2, this morning I'm ministering to you on uh, our State of the Church Address. Uh, the first of the year we like to talk to you about our church, what we do. A lot of times people have questions, people come to church, hey, how do you guys do church? You know, the, the best way we know how to do church is stay out of God's way as much as possible. And uh, even in our worship service, it's easy to orchestrate. Maybe you come from a church background that's really organized and structured. Uh, I come from a background where I want God out of the way. I, I mean, me out of the way, I want God to show up. Amen? And uh, give Him place. I, I love it when the Holy Spirit is given free court. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 14, How is it when you come together, every one of you has something to give? And it talks about the gifts of the Spirit, that there can be tongues, there can be interpretation, there can be prophecy that bring edification, exhortation, and comfort. So in our worship services from time to time, you'll hear somebody prophesy. You'll hear a word of encouragement and exhortation. And, and that's what God makes us a body where every joint gets to bring supply. Amen? Sometimes I get tired of hearing myself and others. So it's good to have the input from God. And, and uh, so we have that. Many people come from a background where the Holy Spirit's not allowed to have voice or, or uh, expression. But we want to stay out of God's way as much as possible and allow Him to have His way in our services. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. And so I want to talk to you a little bit about the importance of the body and the important, really what it means. What's it mean to go to church? What's it mean to be a member of a church? Why, why is that so important? Why is church attendance so important? And being a part of the body is not just Sunday morning attendant. Attending church and, and being uh, under the teaching and the preaching of the Word, that's beneficial, that's instructional, that's developmental. Amen? Uh, it brings about maturity in our life. It brings us to decisions in our walk with God. But uh, being, really being a functioning member of the body of Christ goes a little bit deeper than that. But Ephesians chapter 2, if you turn there, I want you to look at these verses with me, beginning in verse 19. And it says, Now therefore you are no longer strangers, foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. So we are all members of God's house. Amen. Verse 20, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together for a habitation of God in the Spirit. And what Paul is describing there, he says, this is the church. The church is believers coming together and assembling together in fellowship. Hebrews 10 and verse 25 says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. But when we come together and we assemble together, there is something that is produced that is a corporate anointing that comes upon the body when it becomes a whole that does not come upon the individual believer. We are all given the opportunity to have an individual relationship with Christ and a walk with God and with our Heavenly Father, but we are called into a corporate unity, into corporate function. Amen? 
And so we're going to get into that a little bit this morning. Father, I thank you today for your word. Lord, I thank you for this amazing church and these amazing people. Father, I thank you for all that you have done through us and desire to continue to do through us as the body of Christ in this county. Holy Spirit, we need you to be our leader, our teacher, our comforter, and our guide. Come and do what only you can do. Open our eyes to see, our ears to hear, and our hearts to receive. In Jesus' name, everybody said. Amen. And so the church being built together like that, the one thing the devil really fights against is the body of Christ coming together. He wants people being individual believers. Because when you are individual believers, walking out your own individual life, your own walk, your own faith, then you are not coming together to create a habitation for God by the Spirit. And the corporate anointing is greater than the individual anointing. And, and if we understand that, but everything in this world, that's why the Bible says don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And we hear so much against the organized church and all these things like that. The organized church is not the, the problem. It, 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 what we need is we, we need the corporate structure that brings us together to be the body. Amen? And, and so that God can manifest Himself in the church that way. If you fe read Ephesians chapter 4, it'll be referenced in your outline a little bit later, but verses 11 down through 16, it says that God gives gifts unto men and apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for perfecting the saints for the work of the ministry till we all come into the measure and the stature of Christ. God does everything. Every one of you is an individual, but He only sees you as one in Christ. When God sees the church, He doesn't see everybody. He sees the body of Christ. He sees one man in the earth that's in Christ. Are you with me? And, and so it's so important that we understand that and, and we have to renew our minds to how God works in the earth and He works through His corporate anointing. So look at the cover of your outline. Let me just go through this. We'll tie back in in just a minute. The state of the church, or I believe, as we've been declaring, that we are entering into a year of exodus, a coming out of things that have held us back, things that have restrained it, things that have seemed like a slavery and a bondage in our life, and entering into the promise of God. How many would agree? Amen. And so to that, it's been an, uh, uh, it seems to me when I look back, like just a few short years ago, when Sue and I moved here with our family, believing that we could build a work for God. Amen. It, it, it doesn't seem like this year makes 28 years that, that we moved here from Beaver, California. I said, man, it doesn't seem like 28 years. Seems like just a little while ago. But that was over 27 years ago. 2017 will mark for Sue and I 36 years of full-time ministry and the 11th year anniversary of the Lord's Gym of El Dorado County. That's hard to believe that our gym's been open for 11 years. That's exciting, amen? But think about it. It's been an exciting journey to say the least. We may not be a mega church, but bless God, I believe that by His grace, we've been able to make an impact on this county. Amen with the gospel for the glory of God. I believe that if we were not here, somebody would know it. I believe if, we, if, there, if our church no longer exists, we had to close our doors tomorrow, somebody would know that we were gone. And that's our goal. Will anybody miss you when you're gone? I also believe that we've only just begun to see what God will do as we unite our faith together to reach our county with His saving grace. Would you agree with me on that? that this is only the beginning. We are not at our end. 2016 was a year of change and transition in many areas for people. 
I, I saw that, a lot of that going on. A lot of transition, a lot of things, a lot of things shifting. But praise God, I believe a coming year, <coughs> 2017, will be a year of coming out of what has been... <coughs> Uh, in, of what has been and entering into what has been promised. I'm looking forward for preparation, amen, and possessing, praise the Lord. Look inside your outline if you would. And I want to ask you this question, as I read about being the body of Christ and assembling together, read those scriptures, here's the question. Have you ever thought, or how much have you thought, about how important your participation is in serving and giving to the mission and ministry of the church? Have you ever taken time to think? Do, have you ever considered how significant you are to the body of Christ? Every member is so significant. The moment anybody gets saved, they become a significant member of the body of Christ. You're no longer an individual. You are a member set in the body of Christ. And your participation makes a significant difference. See, as I said, there's a corporate anointing on God's house. First of all, ministry only happens through people who give their time, resources, and talent to make it happen. There's children's ministry taking place all throughout this building this morning. From the nursery to children's church to junior high, ministry's taking place. But somebody's in there giving to make that happen. Children are being ministered to today. Ministry is happening by people giving to make it happen. People gave in resources for the building to be here, for the supplies to be purchased, for the, for, for the, 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 the furniture and everything to be there. But there's people that are engaged in that. Are you with me? And, and so the, the more people you have engaged, the more people that assemble, not just for attendance, but for purpose. The greater the impact of ministry. And I thank God for every one of you that show up and attend. But I'm believing God for you to show up and to function. Glory to God. And to plug in, to find that play that God has set you in and to let the giftings and the grace that He put in you flow out of you. Hear me, God only has one plan for ministry. And that's you and me. He only has one plan. doesn't have a bunch, just you and me. He says, I'm going to do great things in the earth. I'm going to do it through you and 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 you. The devil is the great disqualifier. He says, well, you have so many failures, you have so many faults. I look at myself in the mirror every day and I say, God, how come you called me? I'm a mess. He says, I know, but if I use you, I get more glory. <laughs> Amen. When, when God works through you, you have to remember, when God works through you, he, He's not looking for perfect people. He's looking for somebody He can work through that He will get glory for the work He's doing. Come on, if you have too much talent, too much ability, too many stuff, you might think that it's you and not God getting it all done. Amen. But He works through people that He gets glory through. And that's every one of us. Amen. Think about it. God has no plan B. He's not designed any other strategy to replace us. We are all He has. That sounds kind of desperate, really. We're all He has. And He staked everything upon us fulfilling His commission to preach the gospel to every creature. He's not going to send angels to do it. I thank God for angels. I'm glad that angels watch over us. I'm glad that He's given, charge, given them charge over us. I'm so thankful for the ministry of angels. But they only, they go before us, they come behind us, and, and, and they minister their ministering spirit unto the heirs of the south. I thank you for all the promises of angels, but it's God uses people for the ministry. 
to do the work in the earth. Praise the Lord. Turn me in your Bibles to Mark chapter 5. I want you to hear this this morning. That God, how God uses that. And so many times, like I say, we discredit ourselves because we don't have enough training, we don't know enough, we don't have enough experience. All the reasons that we cut ourselves off from God doing great things in our life are all lies from the devil. Any excuse you use for not doing something from God, you didn't get from God. God never gives anybody an excuse. He gives them purpose. God doesn't give us a, well, I know, you know, think about God. Well, I know you're not the smartest person. I know you can't do this, and I know you can't. You're right, I probably can't do anything through you. I'm a limited God. But yet sometimes that's the way we think. Well, I'm not the smartest person. I can't, and we start out, I can't do this, I can't do that, I can't do this, I can't do that. And then the next time we'll quote, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Sometimes we're bipolar spiritually. Amen. We just need to get delivered from ourselves. Amen. What's it? We know the story of Mark chapter 5. Jesus comes across the sea, gets out. He's met by the demonic man with the demons there, has a whole conversation, casts him out, going to the pig. All that stuff happened. And then this is how it ends. Verse 14. Now those who fed the swine, <clears throat> uh, who fed the swine fled, and they told it to the city and then the country, and they, and they went out to see what it was that happened. Verse 15, then they came to Jesus and saw the one who had been demon-possessed and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. And those who saw it told it to them how it happened. Who had been demon, how it happened to him who had been demon-possessed and about the swine. Then they began to plead with him <coughs> excuse me, to depart from their region. And when they got into the boat, he who had been demon-possessed begged Jesus that he might be with him. So here's this man, used to be demonically possessed, lived in the tombs, ran around naked all the time, dealing with everything, tormented everybody. But now he, he's saved, he's in his right mind, and he just wants to be with the Lord. He just wants to spend time with Jesus, just wants to go wherever Jesus is. But it's amazing what Jesus said. However, Jesus did not permit him. He did not permit him. But said to him, or in other words, let me, let me bring it to what I'm trying to tell you. Jesus did not let him have just a personal relationship with him. He said, no, I didn't deliver you just so you can be with me and just you have your relationship with me and not be engaged with anybody else. Just you stay with me and stay with me and stay with me and me and you and me and you and me and you. He says, that's not why I set you free. He says, you can't come with me. This is what you're going to do. Look at what he said. So said, go to your home, go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and he, how He has had compassion upon you. And He departed and began to proclaim in Decapolis and all that Jesus had done for Him and all marveled. And then if you read a little further in chapter 6, you'll find out that the next time Jesus came back to the region of the ten cities, the people that drove him out nah, all accepted him because of this man's testimony. So think about it. Here's a young man that just a few moments later had been completely demon-possessed. He didn't have one. He probably didn't have he, he may have been raised up as a child. He might have gone to synagogue. He might have memorized some scriptures. He might have known something about the law. He might have some kind of religious training in his background. But, but he 
really had no training to go out. He wasn't like one of the apostles. He wasn't being mentored by the Lord. But the Lord sends him out. He's commissioned and sent by God to go be a witness for him. And the only thing he's told to do is go tell somebody what God has done for you in your life. We did it in worship. We raised our hand that through the power of the name of Jesus, we've all experienced a breakthrough from God. Amen? So when it comes to being a witness, that's all God is asking you to do is to begin to brag on how good God is in your life. When you get an opportunity, let me tell you, find a way to start a conversation with God. And and, as soon as it starts, oh man, let me tell you what God has done in my life. You don't have to quote a verse. Just let let people know that God's a personal God, that He's alive, that He's still doing miracles today. Amen? And so it's amazing how God will use us. Hallelujah. Think about it. God's only plan for us has been you. God's only plan, one and only plan, has only been you. He ain't going to do anything else. When's God going to do something great in here? When you say yes. He does it. Every great thing. I started last week and I'm teaching a course on the history of revivals throughout the church age and that. And going all the way back and starting all the way through up to our current revivals and stuff. But in this area in school of ministry. But if you go back, it always comes through people. It's amazing. God, All these moves of God just come through people. And people just somewhere and usually through a few. Not, not, not massive. We, we, we always look for the mass. God's just looking for one. So, so think about it. Well, what's it take? A bunch of people who aren't quite sure or one person who's absolutely convinced. God can do one, more through one convinced than a bunch who are still trying to figure it out. Amen. I'm going to amen myself a lot this morning. <laughs> Hallelujah. See, His plan is for you that after you've experienced His love and saving grace, His compassion and mercy towards you, that you would be so overwhelmed with joy and peace, life and enthusiasm for what He has done for you, that you would burst out in testimony like the demonic man telling others of the great things He has done for you in your life. Think about it. History has proved it out that every plan the church has ever devised through marketing, through programs, through social ministries and media and various other means to reach people with the message of the gospel, that they are weak replacement for the power of the testimony of just one person to just one other person. There's nothing that's ever been devised through all of our ingenuity and advancement and technology that replaces the power of your testimony. To one person. Nothing replaces that. Think about it. There's nothing more powerful or attractive than the testimony of a life touched and changed by God. That demonic man went back and he just began telling us, let me tell you what happened. Can you imagine? He probably was cleaned up, probably looked sharp like me. And so he's walking around his community and he's asking people, hey, did you ever hear about that demonic guy? Remember that guy who heard about used to live in the tombs? And he tormented everybody and just was crazy and out of his mind. And they'd t- uh, tie him up and he ran around naked and crazy all the time. And nobody could restrict him and stuff. And they go, yeah, I wonder what ever happened to him. <laughs> I'm him. No way. Yes way. Yeah, it's me. It's me. Really? What happened? Let me tell you what God did in my life. Are you with me? 
See, it's powerful. Your testimony is so powerful when you just tell somebody what He has done for you. There's no greater drawing card to bring people to the church and to cry than the invitation of one-to-one. For all the billions of dollars spent to find creative ways to get people to come to church, there is yet to be found a more powerful and effective tool <clears throat> than your testimony and your personal invitation. It is three to one. Seventy-five percent of people. Okay, let's do the survey. How many of you came to this church because of our website? As marvelous as it is. How many came here? So we're down to zero. I'm glad we're spending all that money. So how many came here because of Twitter? You have to say it like that. Twitter. So you tweet. I tweet, tweet, tweet. Okay, so it's, it's a bird, so you got to sound like a bird when you say it, amen? Okay, so nobody came because of Twitter. Awesome. How many came because of our Facebook page? All right. This is discouraging. <laughs> How many came because of the newspaper? Okay, one. We're done. Woo! Hallelujah! Glory to God. I'm glad the newspaper ad's free. <laughs> Amen. Where are we? How many came because of the phone book? We're in the phone book. We have an ad in the phone book. How many use a phone book? None. Okay, two, one, two, three, four. Okay, cool. All right, all those. Amen. So three of our seniors still use phone books. Awesome. I use one every now and then. Amen. All right. So how many came because of a phone book? Nobody came. Okay. So that's cool. All right. Um, how many came because somebody told you about our church? Okay. 75% of the people in the room. It's amazing. Or more. How many came some other way? How many were lost and just came in asking for directions? <laughs> how, how many know how you got here? <laughs> Amen. That was interesting right there. Amen. So you see, so somebody, you're here because somebody said something to you. That's how power, 75% who went through all that were spent all this money, and yet the power of one-to-one is a great... That's how powerful you are. And the devil says, hey, don't talk to anybody. Don't tell anybody what they're doing. You just, you know, the, don't, don't, don't worry about it. The church has a website. Nobody came. The church has Facebook. The church has... Yeah, we're, we're, on, we're live streaming. Hey! I waved all the cameras. So we're live streaming. That's awesome. But most people are watching that because they're not here. They're doing all right? Hopefully they'll come. Amen. Those of you in North Dakota, the Lord is saying California. Amen. Just throw that out there. You never know. Hallelujah. So look at that. The purpose of connection. 
The purpose of connection. God always calls people as a group. God always calls people as a group. Noah was called to build an ark for the purpose of saving all those who would hear the word of righteousness and enter into it. God called Abraham to be the father of nations, not just to have his own children. Abraham wasn't allowed to think singularly. God never talked about him just giving him his family. He says, the reason I'm giving you a child is so that you can birth a nation. And nations will be blessed through you. God's purpose for our life is never singular. God called Moses to lead his nation out of Egypt and bondage. He brought them out as one man in Jacob named Israel. Or God changed one man's name to the name of a nation. The name of Israel, Israel as a nation, is the name of one man. And God, when He speaks to them prophetically, He says, you sons of Jacob, Israel, sons of Jacob, the name of one man. When God sees a nation, He sees one man, He sees Jacob. And when God sees the church, He sees one man, He sees Christ. And so God does everything collectively and corporately together in our life. Jesus came as the firstborn and the head of the body, the church. When you and I are saved, we're taken from being one man in our cell and baptized by the Holy Spirit into one man in Christ Jesus. That's why the Bible says, if anybody is in Christ, he is a new creation. Amen. So we're, we are in Him and our identity is now in Him. So how does that work? When we're saved, now our identity is in Christ. We're given a new identity we're redefi- with redefined values and have been given a new purpose and direction for our life. Think about it. Our identity is now in Christ. Our value is as a set member in the body of Christ. And our purpose and direction is the edification of the body and being a witness for Him to our world in our generation. What happens is we need to accept that new identity in Christ. The world says, hold on to your identity. But Jesus says, I am your identity. Our identity is Christ. We are called Christians. That's our identity is in Him. And whatever your identity, identity, I haven't taught it for a long time, but identity always determines what you value. What you identify with and where you get your identity from sets your values. And identity and values always determine direction. And if you want to walk with God, you have to have your identity in Christ and you have to receive the value that He sets upon your life for His purpose and then you have to walk in the direction that He has given you. And what happens is amazing. The more that God can get the body to come together and assemble itself together and create this habitation, the greater impact for the kingdom of God in any region. Amen? Hallelujah. And so as we, we, we get ready to, to tie a knot in this this morning, I want you to give me the next few moments just so we can do business. Amen? Because that's what we are. We're a business. This is the business of the church. Jesus said, I must be about what? My Father's business. Amen. So church has a lot of business sides to it. has a lot of business factors to it. The, the sad thing is when you go to Bible school, they don't teach you anything about business. They teach you Bible, but they forget the business stuff. And then you get out there in the ministry and go, wait a minute, there's a lot of stuff to have to deal with business around here. Sometimes I think before you become a pastor, you should be a business major. 
Amen. It would work better. But most of us learn it through trial and error. Fortunately, we're, hopefully, we're past our errors. <laughs> Amen. But at the same time, we're still learning. Amen. So let me just give you a breakdown. And this is our financial report as our church. Maybe you're new and coming here and you don't know this, but we, we are an open church. All of our accounting and everything we do is open. We are a 501c3. We're incorporated as solid impact ministries in association with the Assemblies of God. We affiliated with them in uh, October of 2015. People say, well, why are we a part of a denomination? Because I believe that I need to be under authority. Amen. As a pastor, it does not work for me to tell you to be a person under authority when I'm not under authority. Nobody can be their own head. Amen. Everybody needs to be under authority. So that means I bring myself into accountability and to oversight, and that is a safe place to be. Are you with me? That if things got out of order, the church has resources to bring in a presbytery and overseers that can come in and bring order into what we have here. Amen? And so we're a part of that. But with that... Um, uh, in being a nonprofit, we also have open books and open accounting. Uh, if you're here, you, if you ever want to read our bylaws, it's, it's very exciting, inspired writing. You're welcome to do that. Amen. We'll give you a copy of that. If you ever want to see anything about the book, we've had people come in and want to know different things. And so all of our accounting is open. But this gives you an overview, a condensed overview, and uh, 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 putting every, kind of lumping everything together, not all the details, but our finances for last year and a couple of the previous years. If you look at our income, our tithes and offering giving last year was $550,709. Previous year was $590,000. So we went down a little bit, but just I'm going to expedite this, but in going through that, we went down $40,000 in our tithes and offering, but we only went 10, 000, down $10,000 in our gross annual income. So I like that. Amen? And, uh, but if you look at that in transition, there's also some greater things that we did in spite of what looks like less. Uh, our building expenses went out 18900 Our income was $18,891, which was up from the previous year of $15,000. And uh, also with our building, last year we built the new kitchen that we have. We've done other remodeling and improvements around here. I mean, it'll cost money to have church. It costs money. It costs money to have a house. costs money to do anything. Uh, our youth income last year was $6,500, a little over $6,500, down about half of what it was the previous year. Uh, school of ministry, uh, our income for, the, for last year was uh, $2,555, $2, down a little bit based on enrollment. School of ministry fluctuate on enrollment from year to year. Uh, income from ministries and events was uh, $40,646 down, $30,000 from the previous year on different ministries and events and income that came in from that source. Our script income, which we no longer get through Safeway, last year was $12.79. It ended last year. And uh, what's the Amazon thing, honey? Amazon. Amazon Smile. If you, if you have an Amazon Prime account or you buy on Amazon, uh, there, there's information, I believe it's still in your bulletin, on how to uh, register an Amazon Smile. And then when you log on and you buy something through Amazon, that's where you designate a, a portion of your proceeds go to the church. So it doesn't, it doesn't affect anything else, doesn't cost you anything. They pay that. So you pay the same price for everything. All Everything is there. But it's like it's Safeway. They should do that if you registered a script. Every time you bought milk, a portion of what you paid for milk was given to the charity of your choice. Amen. So you can do that for the gym or you can do that for the church either way. And, uh, and then our income for the Lord's gym through the church last year, offerings and giving was $21,357, which included funds that came in for our backpack giveaway. So our total income 
was $687,372, down $10,000 from $697,702 from the previous year, which is a little over, uh, just under a 10% decrease. But if we go back to 2014, for our church, those of you who are new here, from 2008 to 2014, we kind of hung out in maintain mode. Financially, people are going through the recession, things happen. And then in 2000, the end of 2014, things kicked in. And 2015 was a great year, and that, and God is uh, back to a place of increase and, and giving, which means that your lives are increasing. Amen. And so it was wonderful in that. And, uh, but if you go back to 2014, 2015 was an increase of 25% over 2014. But this year, even though we're down in, in some of our giving, it, we're still 15% ahead of two years ago. So I like that. Amen? That's what I say. It sounds like business, but bear with me this morning. Amen. And so if you look, here's what it costs. People say, how much does it cost to have church? Well, just renting this building is $90,000 a year. Isn't that exciting? And we're paying $90,000 a year just to rent this building. How many believe we could be making a mortgage payment with that? Paying for something or paying off whatever. Uh, we pay for the land next door. We own the, the parking lot up there. and We're paying it down. And we have about $100,000 worth of equity in that uh, loan up there. But our payments add up through uh, $21,000, almost $22,000 for the year and uh, for the parking lot and uh, in that area. Uh, building expenses where we do improvements and maintenance and upkeep is was $12,400 this year. Uh, the previous year we only spent $1,500. Didn't do anything. We just ran out of toilet paper consistently. No, excuse me. <laughs> Amen. Uh, our utility bill uh, for the year between electrical and propane was $17,164. Up about $1,000 from last year. Uh, our insurance uh, was $7,367, cost us that a year to insure the church and our van and, uh, and that out there. So that's our insurance policy there. The previous year, our insurance was almost $20,000 because that included the medical insurance packages that we gave to our employees. And, uh, but in that, with the transition of the health care system, that moved us into uh, Obamacare and Medicare. Uh, Sean and the kids and, and Dana and their family are in Medicare. And so what we did with that, we had money that was going to an HSA uh, prior to that. And so the money that went to our HSA, our health savings account, that, that amount was rolled over into our payroll packages. And so we now are able to save for health insurance, have a, a health savings account. And uh, Sue and I are, are, are registered through Color California and uh, still with Kaiser. And Sean and the family are, are uh, with Kaiser and uh, through Medi-Cal for the children in that. Um, but that lowered us uh, $12,600 in the cost of insurance overall, which was a good thing. Amen? Uh, so far. Hallelujah. Now we'll see what, what they do with repeal and replace. Amen. Pray for wisdom. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. It can't be any worse than this stuff. No. Moving right along. Um, so with that, uh, that, that gives us uh, $148,900 or a monthly expense uh, of $12,409 for our building and area and that. Um, the church and office expense, $159,159.57, covers uh, everything else we do, all kinds of different things. A lot of our offerings, a lot of our building expenses come out of there as well, and uh, which is about 13000 Payroll is uh, $25,000 and uh, uh, $250,000 and $61. Sounds like a lot. Covers seven employees. It's an average of $21,005 a month. 
for, for payroll here that covers those. That is uh, three uh, full-time employees and three, uh, two part-time employees and one person that we pay $500 a month for janitorium. Amen? And uh, so if you break that down uh, through uh, our... Uh, and then this ne the next area is our giving. And to me, this is exciting when you cover missionaries, Courage House. Last year to Courage House, we, we raised, as we said, $20,000 through our dinner. So we gave Courage House just a little over $20,000. And if you add together all three years that we've been doing the Courage Dinner, we've given them over $40,000 in three years. Our church has raised that for, uh, to target sex trafficking and helping these young girls. How many know that's a great thing? That's awesome that our church would do that, praise the Lord. And, uh, and then we have mission, and then our benevolent giving. I put this in there because I'm excited about what we do. People want to know it's great that we give around the world and we give to world mission, but our benevolent giving this year more than doubled. Last year we gave about $6,300, $6,400. This year we gave over $13,000 to families and local needs, people needing help and assistance here in our community. And so our benevolent giving was over $13,000 this year. And uh, so our, our and other areas, our total mission support this year, what we gave to missions and ministries, and that was $105,449. Give yourself a hand. Amen. Amen. I don't know about you, that's exciting to me that a church our size would be able to give over $100,000 to missions and benevolent and charity. Amen. That's our giving. That means that 15% of our income, overall income, has gone out in supporting others. Praise the Lord. And uh, let me explain a little bit how that works and how we've increased that. Over the last several years, what we did is we began taking 10% this morning out of your offering. 10% of everything and every offering goes into our mission savings account. And then out of that, as that accumulates and it gets to level, then other than just our, our missionaries, we have set missionaries that we give a, a monthly amount to, but then when other needs come up, so last year when, when, when Pastor uh, uh, Elwood from Liberia said, hey, we're building the, this school, and, and we have 350 students, and now we need desks for them, they're $20 a desk, then, then, then I just pulled the board, I said, I feel like the Lord's telling us to buy all 20 desks, so we're able to just send them $7,000 and buy 20, 350 desks, amen, that's exciting. And so that, that's how you do that. And so just God has been so good in allowing us to do that. $5,000 went to, to be a part of the team that went to Haiti to support feeding the hungry and supplying medical aid there. So many other areas that we gave. $6,000 went to Sharwan in India to help them with Save Kids and doing medical mission to kids on the streets in India. I mean, it's awesome to be able to, to do something. Years ago, I heard Willie George say this. He said, it's one thing for a church to give $25 to the missionary. He says, I want to be the church that buys them a car. Amen. I love that stuff. I don't know about you. I get excited about this. So I get more excited about our giving and being empowered to do that. Praise the Lord. And then, uh, so our total expenses for the year were $683,348. We ended with a net balance of, uh, of $4,024. Our average monthly budget is $56,945. Say, how much does it cost to do church every year? Uh, every month, $57,000 for us to meet here every month. That's a lot of money. Praise the Lord. But we're well able, amen? And God is so faithful. Amen. It's hard to believe from where we were to where we are. It's exciting. Praise the Lord. And then uh, if you look at this, uh, there's some years back there where we've gone and where we've come to, but God is faithful. Amen? amen. And, and if you look at uh, the area of... Uh, 
2015, you find that we had an increase of 95,000, but that was our banner year. That built up our savings, and, and we've been on that run ever since. And God is so faithful, and we are not going back. Somebody shout amen. And so if you look down at the bottom, it says, what do we have in savings right now? In savings, we may have only had a net balance of $4,024, but we have a savings of $110,727.28. Last year, we had a savings, ended the year with the savings of $119,031. But listen, we went down $40,000 in our tithes and offering. But our savings is only down $10,000, and we gave away $38,000 more than we did last year. Woohoo! Look, at, we, we, we went down $40,000 and gave away almost another $40,000, so we should have an $80,000 hit, but we don't because God is faithful. Yeah. Amen. And so we're at a great place. Our general fund savings right now is $13,437. Our building fund savings is $25,515.53. Previously, uh, under, when you look at building expense, we had $15,000 came in that was given towards our kitchen. We had money that came in that was given towards other projects. And so those monies were allocated. They went, they're expended there. But just in December, we had $13,000 come in in December for our new building. Come on, somebody give God a praise. Amen, that's exciting. Amen. And then our mission savings account has $25,425.98 in our land. Somebody gave money to land and it's been there for the payoff of the land. It's a little bit short of what we need to pay off. And, uh, but it's $813.53, but we'll roll that over into our new building and purchasing new land. And uh, our book and tape ministry, when you buy a CD or you buy a, a DVD and proceeds that go through book and tape, then that all goes into a savings account. So if we need new microphones or new instruments and stuff, then we have a, a, some resources that help with that. Amen? And then we also have an old cafe fund there that, that we're holding on to, $997. We told the youth they could get some supplies with that. Children's Church has almost $2,000, $1,996 in it. Homeless Ministry has a balance of $2,286 in it. Our junior youth has about $1,000 in it, $988. The youth uh, uh, savings account is $9,317. The youth store, $744 from things that they buy and snacks and goodies over there, t-shirts. Uh, men's ministry has $2,699. Women's ministry, I, I think there's something going on here. Because women's ministry has $495. So I think they've been dipping into our account. And I think, that, I think this morning we should take an offering from the women's ministry. And then pastels and pearls is, is, is another part of the women's ministry there. And they have uh, $700 in their account. School and ministry has a balance of $823.79. And then our payroll account is $27,560. And uh, so what we do when it comes to payroll and what we do with areas of missions and stuff, uh, then we take... Uh, part of our, of our savings, and we look at the end there, we have this much in saving, and so we take that out and we put that into a payroll account. Uh, this year was the second year in nine years that our employees received uh, any increase on, 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 on their salary or pay. From 2008 up until last year, nobody had received an increase. So last year, all of our staff got $200 or $250 a month raise after seven years. How many can say that was well worth it? Amen. 
And, 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 and I'm proud of our staff because through that whole time, most people wouldn't stay faithful to a job for seven years if they hadn't had a raise. And so our people are called here, they're committed here, and we're just so blessed with great staff and, and people who have given their time here and their life here, um, and most of them long-term here. And that this year will be Sean and Dana's 20th anniversary, uh, being on staff, the 20 years of serving here with us, alongside us. Uh, Janet's been our financial secretary for over 18 years, going on 19 years. She said when she gets 20, I have to uh, do something special for her. I think I'm just going to send her away. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but she is awesome. But people who have been here, Debbie's been here over 10 years with us and uh, area. So we're blessed, amen, and, uh, and thankful for that. So when we do that and we put things in there, we have other people. We did a chunk for some missionaries this year, committed $6,000 to them for next year. So we took that $6,000 and put it in that savings account. So as we go through the year, we pay that down, that that's not coming out of the offering. So we've allocated that money and operate out of that. That's just a good business principle. Amen? So we're just talking about business. If you look the last page, I have to close and uh, with this. But thank you for your patience this morning. Is this okay? Yeah. We need to be informed. People go, what goes on? Well, you can't say you never were told. I bet. And it's all there in your hands. And so if you have questions, like I say, you can always come get answers. We have a governing board uh, of executive offers over, over our corporation. As a pastor, I'm, I'm the president of it. Sean is the associate pastor, vice president, and Janet is our CFO and secretary. Our board members are Bill Bingham, uh, plays the keyboard, Ray Montero, Joe Eilhart, Tony Diarcos, Joe Lujan, and Cole McGallan. As I said, we're in the Assembly of God Church. Praise the Lord. Um, let me just give you this as we close. Bill, if you'll come back, please, and the team. Come back. We'll sing before we leave. Hallelujah. Let me talk about giving according to God's plan. See, giving according to His plan comes with the promise of His grace to do it. God graces us to give. <coughs> and He also promises His provision and blessing upon our giving. But they only come through our willingness to be obedient in our giving. And I don't know about you, I want the faith that receives the grace to do it. How many could say amen? amen. I want the faith that does that. When it comes to serving, it's not just giving of your finances and your resources. Some of you need to give in the area of serving this year in our church. You need to go from attendance to participation. You need to step up in that area and say, God, I, I want to be a part. I want to assemble. I want to do more than just attend. I want to be involved. I, I want to serve in the homeless. I can come in. We, we have, uh, we've had a call go out. We, we have uh, Merle and, and, some, and, and some of our elders, but we have some of our elderly people that could use rides and assistance on Sunday morning. If you'd let us know, we could work out a calendar. Maybe once a month you could give somebody a ride to church. How many know that's easy to do? I mean, it doesn't cost anything just leaving a little earlier to come and, and making sure somebody else who can't drive themselves could be here. Amen? But I mean, there's ways like that. But serving in children's ministry, don't be afraid of children. They're smaller than you are. <laughs> Amen. And, and kids are awesome. They'll believe anything. You don't have to know anything to teach kids. <laughs> Amen. And we provide all the material. It's just so easy. <clears throat> and besides that, if they get unruly, we have food. It's easy. Amen. You could do this. Praise the Lord. But you have to say yes. See, God is able. Listen to this verse. God is able to make every grace overflow to you. So that you in every way, always having everything you need, may excel in every good work. God makes sure you have what you need so you can excel 
in ministering to the needs of others. As it is written, He scattered, He gave to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Giving is a seed of righteousness that endures forever. Everything you buy with your money stays here, but your giving goes before you and declares your righteousness. And when your kids get it, they're going to break it anyway. Moving right along. Amen. So think about it. Now the one who provides seed for the sower and bread for food will provide and multiply your seed and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way for all generosity, which produces thanksgiving to God through a, when you give. Come on, those kids sitting on those desks are going, thank you God for our death. And their thanksgiving is because of your giving. Amen. Think about it. Produces that thanksgiving through that. For the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but it is also overflowing in many acts of thanksgiving to God. They will glorify God for your obedience to the confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity and sharing with them and with others through the proof provided by His service. So let me close with this. Where are we going? This year, where are we going? This is what I believe. This is how I'm looking. 2017 will be an exciting year as we continue to take our prayer ministry to a whole new level. Prayer is still the only answer. Amen? Remember Pastor Doe last week, he led us in prayer and challenged us on that. And I agree 100%. So Sunday nights at 6 p.m., we're continue, every Sunday night we're going to continue to pray right here for 6 p.m. And something happened. Yes, you can pray in your prayer cloth. You can have your own devotional time. But that's not a corporate prayer. And when the body of Christ come together, there's all kinds of evidence what happens when the church prays together. Think about it. Peter was in prison and, and they were all, the church came together and prayed for him and God delivered him out of prison. Not because one person was in his prayer closet, but because the church assembled and prayed together. Over and over there's a count of prayer happening through people. Think about it. So we're doing that. And then Tuesday night, we've elevated uh, prayer in our Tuesday night service as well. One main focus for 2017 will be to build and strengthen our connection as a body. That we, well, everything I'm talking about, let's build it this year, our connection as a body. And we do that. We have home groups. We have men's and women's ministries. We're, we want to develop single, group, single adults and discipleship and mentoring. And, and there's so much more we could do. All for the purpose of working to connect every person to a place of purpose in the house and in outreach. You should have a place, something you do here and something you do out there. Amen? To our community and the world. We have care ministry through our home group. That right now, we, this is a great year, we have seven vital home groups meeting. But today you can sign up for one of those or you could sign up to lead one. You could host one. Say, Pastor, I don't want to lead one, but I got some room in my house. I could have people over. So if you get somebody to teach it and lead it, I'll open my home. You can do that. We'll work with you any way you want. Praise the Lord. Amen. I'll send Bill over to lead it for you. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Lord, be glad to get him out of the house every now and then. Amen. And then I really believe it's time for us to move from renting to owning. If you had it up in 23 years, we paid a lot of money to be in this house. We paid, we paid almost, we're pushing over $2 million we paid to be in this building in 20 years. Amen. We could have paid off a building in that time. 
Hallelujah. But this is the right time. See, this is our Exodus season. I'm believing God for God's I'm believing for God's wisdom and direction in finding our new home and calling in three hundred thousand dollars. So Pastor, I'm believing for three hundred thousand. You think that sounds like a lot? It's not that much. You know how quick you could have $300,000? If 100 people said, I'd give $3,000. If 100 people said, this year, I believe God that I could give $3,000, that would be $300,000. That's not a lot. That's not. How many believe God could get, help you find $3,000 to give away for the Lord? I mean, that's easy to do. I bet. That's easy. That's not, and many people are in different positions, different things. It doesn't matter. But asking God, God, what would you have me to do? have me to do and if everybody does what God has positioned them to be able to do if you do what God positioned you to be able to do and are obedient it's amazing what happens when that happens so I'm believing God for that because people say why do we need three hundred thousand dollars if we found a piece of property today we, we have to have a down payment we got a good start we got seed at twenty five thousand but seed won't get a deed I mean, I'm gonna coin that phrase myself so pray and agree with me. Ask the Lord what He would have you to do. And then lastly, we're believing for a facility that will be able to combine the ministries of our church and the Lord's share. We need to put things together. Amen? And we can do that together. A facility that will give us at least a 400-seat sanctuary that will enable us to expand and increase our outreach and ministry to our community. And a facility that will enable us to be more than just a sanctuary on Sunday morning. Come on, I'm, I'm glad we can have a nice sanctuary and do that. But it's a shame when you pay a lot of money for something you only use a few hours a week. Amen. Just figure, you know, you pay your mortgage, but you only go there four hours a week. That's not wisdom. Amen. We want something that we can utilize and be more of a community center, make happen some way. But that is it's open and we can do ministry on different levels. Would you stand with me this morning? How many of you would just say, I'm not asking you for a pledge or anything. I, I, I'm, I'm the world. I, I, am, I won't say the world's worth, but I'm not the best at this building fund stuff. But I'm amazed that God has always provided. And I believe God's going to use us in a mighty way. How many say, Pastor, this is what I'll do. I'll ask God what He would have me to do. How many just say that? I'll, I can do that. I can ask God what to do. And then just commit to that. Praise the Lord. Father, I thank You. Lord, I thank You today. Lord, by Your Spirit, You showed up today. Lord, you came, you filled this house. We assembled and we came together and you showed up and you ministered to people. Holy Spirit, you came, you touched, you healed, you brought liberty into people's lives. Father, I thank you that you are so faithful to your word. Lord, I thank you that you've chosen to use us for your plan. You don't, you don't have any other plan, just us. So Father, this year, we say yes to you. We're going to up our yes. We're going to say yes in a greater measure. Lord, we, we, we want to go to a greater level of participation and connection. Lord, we want to see more of what you would do through each one of our lives. So, Father, I pray for your people today. Lord, I pray your blessing over them. God, you said you would bless them, that you would watch over them, that you would keep them, that you would lead them through the valley of the shadow of death, that you would prepare a table before their enemy. God, that you would be there for them on every account. You would give your angels charge over them. You'd go before them. You'd come behind them. Father, I thank you. You're going to do everything you declared you would do over their life. And Father, I thank you today. I declare, Lord, that they're going to be released to believe. 
in a greater measure than ever before this year. I believe, God, you're bringing us to this exodus. It is so strong in my spirit, Father, that you are bringing us out so you can take us in. So, Father, I pray your blessing over them. I pray your strength over them. I pray your provision over them. And, Father, I thank you. You're going to give many of them creative ideas and insight in, in new ways in their life on things that you desire to do. So, Father, I thank you for your goodness and your greatness over our life. And, Lord, I declare that you are Lord of Lords and King of Kings and that your name has no rival and has no equal. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Amen.